This is the Two-Tone Uncensored Podcast. Hosts Matt McCrone, Ryan Moreland, and Glenn Lotzenheiser talk everything Tennessee Titans. This show is made for the fans that bleed two-tone blue. This is Drew Bennett, and you're listening to Two-Tone Uncensored. You're listening to Two-Tone Uncensored, the best damn Titans podcast you'll ever find. I'm your host, Ryan Moreland. With me is the always prepared Matt Necrone. How you doing, Matt? I am usually not prepared. I'm doing good, man. <laughs> that was a little bit of sarcasm for you, Matt. Um, <laughs> Glenn could not be with us tonight. He's in the middle of his hysterectomy, so he'll be back next show. <laughs> Poor Glenn. Uh, Also, later on the show, we have Austin Stanley of A to Z Sports. He's going to jump on with us, talk about these cuts real quick. But, Matt, before we jump into the show, I know you uh, had something, that project you've been working on that you really wanted to talk about and get out there to everybody, so I'll let you take over. Yeah, so it was brought to my attention late last night, early this morning. One of our own, Edward Trout, who is a member of Tennessee Titans Uncensored, Affected firsthand in this Hurricane Harvey, literally lost everything. And he posted a few of the videos out there himself, and I basically shared them with the group. And I put them on the two-tone page, the Tennessee Titans uncensored page, basically just trying to get the word out. And I started a GoFundMe for this guy. Now, I don't know this guy personally, but just seeing what he's going through right now, I can't imagine being in that position. So with the platform that you know we have, I wanted to start the GoFundMe page and definitely get something started for him. Um, we've already had several donations, but you know every little bit counts, so I encourage everybody to get on there. Again, it's on our Facebook page. It's on the it's pinned at the top of the Tennessee Titans Uncensored page. It's not hard to find. His name is Edward Trout, just like it sounds. People down there are struggling. I mean, it's it's pretty bad uh, if you haven't seen pictures there's, it's not something you want to see but it's something that when you do see it you know a few bucks will not hurt if you can afford to uh to give the donation so i definitely encourage that and hopefully we can you know get them back on their feet absolutely like matt said every little bit helps you know if you got five or ten bucks to throw around uh help them out they have two young kids and his wife and they, like Matt said, they lost everything. You watch those videos, and as Matt was telling you, it's hard to watch. They lost everything. So definitely, if you have the extra cash, every little bit helps. Throw five, ten bucks their way. You know, really helping out a family and another a Tennessee Titans family that's that's in need right now. Yeah, you know, I spoke with him on the phone briefly today after I set everything up, and he was more than grateful. He couldn't believe that we went ahead and did this, but. You know, after he thanked me several times, he's like, yeah, man, it sucks. All of our Titan shit got washed away. He's like, That's, we had a cave. We had all kinds of, I mean, and you can see in the pictures, they got they got Titan shit everywhere. And uh, again, man, I, I can't imagine going through that. We had a hurricane here a year ago, and luckily, you know, all we had was a power outage. We bitched about that, and it kind of puts things into perspective. Um, we were <laughs> incredibly lucky to not have to go through what, what they're going through right now. So, again... Please donate. Every little bit helps. You might think it's not going to make a difference. It will, trust me. And if you're listening to this, uh, there'll be a link 
on Tennessee Titans Uncensored, like Matt said, pinned to the top. We'll also put it on TTU on our Facebook page. And I'll also put a link up on our website. Uh, so you can give a, a few bucks, man. Definitely a worthy cause in helping this uh, young family get back on their feet. But moving on to a little bit more positive news, we finished the raffle. The raffle's officially over, so we wanted to announce some winners here. And I'll start off uh, from the shout-out, work my way up to the big prize. So the shout-out, you get to uh, come on the show. We'll do a little shout-out with you like we do with the players. was won by William Rush. So congratulations, Will. The next one is to do come on the show with us and do the predictions, uh, which will be next week's show. You get to come on and talk with us, do your predictions. That was won by Scott Sweetser, so congratulations, Scott, on that. The next one was for the TTU uh, fantasy spot to get in our fantasy football league. That was won by uh, Logan Gillespie, so congratulations, Logan. Good friend of the show and Hall of Famer, so glad he could win that. Last thing here is the tickets. This was the big one, guys. The Week 9 matchup with the Baltimore Ravens is going to go to Vicky Smith. Congratulations, Vicky. If you've never interacted with her before on Tennessee Titans Uncensored or wherever, she's a very nice woman. So congratulations to Vicky, Logan, Scott, and Will. Um, we'll be getting that stuff out to you or getting with you to set that stuff up here in the next couple days. So congratulations to all them. Let's move on now, Matt, to the recap. Of what was a pretty bad game. <laughs> I mean, that's that's uh, you know yeah. what you take away from it first. So I wanted to ask you because I was thinking about this today. How worried? Let's start there. How worried about this performance are you going into the season? Not very. I look at it like this before I get into this whole recap thing. I, I didn't even see the entire game. I do have it recorded, and I will watch it closely later on. Uh, that's just me being prepared as usual, but, um, I'm looking at the stats and I did see most of the first half. I'm not very concerned with, with what we saw. Yes, it was a bad day. Mariota did not have a good day throwing, looking at his stats. He was 12 for 21, 193 with a touchdown, not horrible, but watching him, it was pretty bad. I mean, he was overthrowing balls. Am I overreacting to this? No, he had a bad day. Oh, well. The biggest thing you can take away from this week and this preseason is that, that we got out of that game yesterday with no injuries. That's what I care about. I don't care if we won the game or we or we lost the game. Their best receiver is out for the season. I would much rather be the team with the underdog mentality as opposed to the team that thinks that you know their shit doesn't stink and they're going to go out and just dominate the league. I know that's not going to happen. I don't know that anyone that thinks that's going to happen, but this game was needed, I think, for this team. And the fact that we were to walk away without any injury and to realize that, hey, we better get our shit together, we have two weeks, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, that's the same thing here. I'm not really worried about this. The main reason I'm not really worried, Matt, is because I don't think that Robisky's thrown anything at them yet. We're running, running, passing on every series because he doesn't want to open up the playbook yet. He doesn't want them to see what we're working on. That's why I kind of wish uh, Titans did a little bit more close practice than they do. But that's fine. I th- we'll be ready. I'm, I have confidence in this coaching staff that we'll be ready. But I'm not that worried because we're not throwing stuff at them yet. We're not throwing the playbook out there yet. We're not letting the Raiders and everybody that comes after that know what we're going to be doing. So we are very predictable. And that made it easy for defense. And, you know, the Bears defense is better than people think it is. That front seven's pretty good. 
So I'm not that worried about it at all, because I know that we're, we haven't even opened the playbook yet. We're not even on page two yet. We're just throwing out some stuff, just getting guys some reps, getting them you know, back in the flow, or these rookies getting them used to the pace of an NFL game. We're not throwing out our best stuff yet, or even like our good stuff yet. So that's why I think, you know, calm down on the overreactions. We don't need to trade Mariota. We don't need to to fire anybody. J-Rob's, you know, he's a, a great general manager. Malarkey's been a good head coach so far. We don't need to be firing anybody or letting anybody go. We're okay where we're at right now. So everybody just take a deep with me and calm down. <laughs> and that's not even enough. Like, these guys out here are just like... Mario Denise bench. J Rob should be fired. Malarkey's not going to make it past week six. Like, who the fuck? What are you talking about? It's so ridiculous that we've done so much improvements from where we were. And to have a, a meaningless game where we, we didn't put up more than seven points. I, I remember one guy saying, Oh, at least we'll have a good top pick for a corner next year. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, settle down. It, I mean, it's a true statement. I forget who said it, but passion makes you stupid. And, and these are passionate fans. I mean, that's the one takeaway that I had. They're passionate. You know, they love the team. They're, but it does make you stupid. You overreact. You, you know, that knee-jerk reaction, like Matt said, it does make you stupid. We're just we're still a good team. Um, we're still going to perform really good this year. The coach is still good. Our general manager is still amazing. And, you know, our young quarterback is still one of the best young quarterbacks in the league, if not the best. And you know, everybody, calm down a little bit. But. Um, next thing I wanted to talk to you about, Matt, as we get more into this game, is the play by Taewon Taylor. He is just, uh, probably out of anybody that we've seen, and rookies um, and veterans included, I don't think I've been more impressed by anybody except for maybe, and we'll talk about it later, Jayon Brown. Taewon Taylor looks amazing. He's running great routes. He's catching the ball a little bit better. Still a little bit of a body catcher, but he gets so open that Mariota puts it right there, and I mean, he's, he's phenomenal, playing great. He's definitely been a pretty nice surprise. I expected him to come out, maybe not be as dynamic as he's been, but who we have to thank for that is Corey Davis and his uh, hamstring injury, because without that, we wouldn't be seeing the Taiwan Taylor that we're seeing right now. It's definitely going to help us in the long run. I think when Corey, if Corey can come back and get on page, with the offense, I think that we are going to have a nice wide receiving core, and they're going to show that they can be one of the top uh, receiving cores in the league. And that's something we haven't had ever, I don't think. Um, we don't have that one guy that's you know Antonio Brown or whoever, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, whoever you want to name. But when it comes from counts from top to bottom, we're going to have a solid group, and I think that everyone's going to contribute. Yeah, at one point in that game, we're at third and 31, and I'm sitting there like, Jesus, man, how do we get into this position? Third and 31, and the announcers, you know, they're sitting there talking like, oh, what do you have in the playbook here? And he's like, ah, you don't have anything in the playbook here. And they drop back, Mario drops back, fires over the middle, there's Taewon Taylor, gets the pass, he's about four or five yards short, gets hit, and I was like, well, that's what's going to be, you know, it's going to be a... A 26-yard gain on a 31-yard play, but he doesn't go down, runs through, ends up getting a 48-yard gain. We pick up the first down. I immediately messaged you and Glenn, and I was like, third and 31, no problem. <laughs> like It was a great play. Getting the pass out there was good, but we were still short. The, really, the play came after the catch, You know, yards after the catch, yards after contact. For a guy that's not very big, and Taewon Taylor, he really popped off that tackle and found the hole just to get up there, get the first down. Got more yards than we needed, and it was a, a big play. That's you know that's a 
game changer if it's during a regular season game. You know what I find weird about you were just talking about the play calling and, and, and Taiwan Taylor. We rushed him three times yesterday. We've used him in the running game, you know, in sweeps and stuff a lot. And that's kind of something you do want to save for later type play. But we've been using it quite a bit. I actually like it. I think I think it's going to help us out. It's a different little wrinkle we can use. Absolutely. That's the nice thing about having weapons on this offense finally, you know, multiple weapons. And I think that they're showing it a lot, too, because I think they're going to try to use it in fakes a lot. They want people ready for it is my estimation based on our play calling right now is they want people ready for it so every single time that you know he starts running across the field they send him in motion that defenses start to you know they really have to tee off on that and it's going to take away from your pressure it's going to move people around get people confused that kind of stuff but uh the the team did announce he did suffer a bruised calf but it doesn't seem to be like it's going to be a big deal at all and he'll be back uh, very quickly so that's you know like Matt said earlier we didn't really suffer any injuries that were were that big um, the next one is another rookie I want to talk about Matt that didn't play so well and that's Adoree Jackson uh, you know did not play very well um, he gave up <laughs> some plays like left and right in this game he was very critical of himself after the game saying it's not the kind of game he wants to be known for he wants to play after, you know, he's played pretty solidly up until this game throughout the preseason, throughout training camp. Uh, this was the first blemish on his young record. Well, yeah, it was also his first start, so that may have played a part. You know, I did see a few of the passes he gave up and statistically did not have a good game. The one thing that I actually witnessed was when he went to uh, return the punt at the whatever it was, the three or inside the five, somewhere around there. Uh, and got lit up. So he acknowledged that it was his fault after the fact, and I'm pretty sure Malarkey chewed him out <laughs> about that. And hopefully we don't see that anymore. And not to stray away from Adori, but speaking of returns, unfortunately, Eric Weems, who almost broke the damn thing, but he actually made a strong case as to why we should keep him around. I- I'm praying we don't, but... This game hurt Adori and helped Weems, and it's definitely not the answer. I don't want to go that route, and I hope that this this game didn't persuade our coaches into thinking that way. But Adori had a bad game. I think he'll bounce back. I, I'm not concerned at all. And I don't think he's going to be our starter week to week, so I don't think it's really anything. We need to rush him into the fire or you know into the frying pan, so to speak. But he will get better. I mean, he, he seems like a smart kid, and I think he's going to learn from this. Yeah, I think so, too. And you bring up a great point. It's not like he's going to be our starter. Um, he's a guy that we knew was going to be raw. So, you know, to have a bad game like this, the only thing that you worry about is if it affects him um, and the way he prepares. But I liked what he said. He, he called himself out. He's like, I didn't play well this game. This is not how I want to be known. This is not the type of player that I am. So he seems like he's motivated to change that, which is the best case scenario when you have a bad performance like that. I know it's you know it's not a type part of the game that we talk about a lot, Matt, but it has to be mentioned. Brett Kern, man, did he look good? Three punts that he had inside the ten yard line. He was just like that coffin corner kick. He's got dial. He was just sticking those kicks, and you know it's not a part of the game we get to mention much. But man, did he look good? Brett Kern definitely gets overlooked, and the the position itself gets overlooked. But when you're playing 
the field position game, you definitely want to be on that right side. And, and he, he got us to where we needed to be. If our defense can force some turnovers with that great field position, it's going to lead to points. And I think this season we're going to see some of that. Yeah, I agree with you there. And that's, it's a huge part of the game. You know, it's not often talked about, but field position often dictates how, how effective your offense is going to be able to be. Uh, you know, obviously that is common sense, but it's something that people don't talk about. And, it's definitely a lift when you see your punter kicking kicks like that. I mean, he was just dialed in this game. I hope that continues into the season. Um, one of the big points from this game, Matt, everybody's been talking about is is Quentin Spain. And, and you know, I think most of the fans of the show know, because he's a West Virginia Gamma WVU fan and obviously now a Titan. I'm big on Quentin Spain. He, he's definitely one of my favorite players. But got into a fight uh, in this game and punches were thrown and he was ejected and uh jay howard jr was the guy he got into a fight with the bears defensive lineman uh, also got ejected in this game for the fight this was definitely something that you didn't want to see you you don't want guys to get that frustrated that they start doing this but one pro is we got to see tyler mars a little bit you know he came in stepped in the left guarding left guard position got to see him play a little bit more in this game which i you know i haven't we haven't really gotten to see him play a whole lot. So that was nice. One, I guess, silver lining to take away from a dumb move. I didn't see much of Tyler Mars. Like I said, I, I didn't get to see all of the game. I did see the highlight of, I believe, Howard threw the first punch. Now, I don't know what led up to that. I'm sure they were mouthing off to each other the whole time. But um, Spain did not throw the first punch. But guess what? He still got ejected. And after the game, Malarkey basically said, he's like, I don't care who throws what. He's like, you don't throw a punch. Well, guess what? I mean, when you're in the heat of the moment, nine out of ten guys are throwing that punch. So I don't blame him for that. But if you're calm enough to, to sit there and take whatever they throw at you, let them get ejected. This is preseason. Not, nobody cares if you're getting ejected in this game. He, was, he would have been taken out. Well, actually, he wouldn't have gotten taken out because <laughs> they ended up playing well into the what third or fourth quarter. So... Right. Um, <laughs> so, but I mean, it, it typically preseason doesn't matter, and um, you know, they, he lost his cool, which I don't blame him for. I don't know exactly how it went down, but somebody throws a punch at me, more than likely I'm going to try to hit him back. Right, absolutely. You know, they always say the guy that reacts is the guy that gets called. This instance, both guys got called for it, um, but you have to. It's tough, but you have to keep your head on straight. The one thing that you, you bring up though is it's a preseason game. Like if you're gonna throw punches, this is the time to do it. <laughs> you know, so you know it doesn't bother me that bad. You just, you can't do that in a regular season game. We saw how you know stupid penalties lost us that game last year against the Raiders. So we don't need to be doing it this year as well. Um, the one bright spot, you know, besides our kicking uh, and Taewon Taylor was at the end. You know, at the end of of Marcus in the first squad, their run, their last drive. A 90-yard drive that ended up in a touchdown uh, to, for Derek Murray. So that was a you know bright spot that it, we drove the majority of the field and ended up scoring. Yeah, that was actually one of the parts I did see. Derek Henry again. I, I'm not strongly for or against Derek Henry. I think he's still a work in progress. I think he could be great. He's just not quite there yet. Uh, but again, I've said this all along between him and Murray together they are only going to help each other. So we should build off of that and help him progress through DeMarco Murray. He played well for the most part. Henry did in this game and he's looked good. 
we got to see the debut of you know DeMarco for a little bit, and he played you know decent when he was on the field. Not seeing too much from him yet. There's one thing I've brought up several times, Matt, and I don't want to ask you. Matt Castle did not look good again. Do you think that there's a possibility that there's going to be, you know, a middle of the road kind of backup kind of guy cut that could possibly end up in Tennessee before the season starts, or do you think Castle's the guy for the rest of the season? It's not necessarily the way I would draw it up, but I think Castle's the guy. If we haven't shown any interest in any other quarterback thus far, I don't think we're going to start now. He knows the playbook. He's familiar with the locker room. He knows the guys, knows the coaching staff. I'm not sold on Matt Castle, the quarterback, but I think that he's that type of veteran leadership that is going to stick around, especially for the year. I don't see him. I don't see him moving forward after this year, but to get rid of him now just makes no sense to me. Yeah, I got this question a lot. That's why I brought it up uh, this week. But it's too late to bring someone in to learn the system. That's the problem. It's, there's not enough time for them to learn the system and be effective. So Castle's still going to be the guy. But this is, in my opinion, the last year, hopefully the last year that Castle will be in a Tennessee Titans uniform. There's some other like ways to, to come from this game, uh, but not a bit anything really big except for one more, Matt, which is after the game, Titans head coach Mike Malarkey announced that the starters will be playing in the week four of preseason. Normally, a lot of teams do not do this, but it's a reaction. It seems like to be, anyway, a reaction of how poorly the team played. Yeah, and you know what's going to happen if any one of those guys gets injured? They're going to be fucking screaming for his job. (laughs) Exactly. That's what, as soon as I saw it, I was like, that's my first reaction is, you know, we're already seeing the fire (laughs) Malarkey. I'm sure www.firemalarkey.com. Dot com's already yeah. been purchased. Um, it's going to get bad if you know if we come out in that game and Murray goes down or Mariota goes down or you know one of the other key players on this offense or defense goes down. People are going to be pissed. <laughs> oh yeah, I almost like what he's doing because I, I put it this way: I understand what he's doing. I don't know if I agree with it completely. It depends on how long they're out there, and. If he sets the tone and makes them come out and play, like I love what he did against Chicago. He kept them in because they didn't show him what he wanted to see, and that's that's the same approach I would take. But when you get into the fourth preseason game, it's almost like it's it's a jinx, like it's bad luck to do. I, if we can walk out of there without any injury and they're not in for more than a couple series, put it this way, if if that's all he wants to see, that offense needs to do their fucking best to make sure they go down the field and score a touchdown. Because if they do that and they look good doing it, I don't think he's keeping them in. Right, I agree. I, I it, you, you end up at this weird point because I'm like, I'm glad that he's holding these guys accountable. You know, he, he is like, you didn't right. play well, you're going to play again in this meaningless right. preseason game. I do like that, but he also, <laughs> it makes you nervous, dude. It does because this is when something stupid will happen and, and someone that we really need is going to go down. Um, so I do. Th- if he goes over two drives, even if we play poorly, if we go over two drives, I'm gonna be like, "All right, Malarkey, like <laughs> you gotta call it at some time." Like that's gonna start making me nervous. But I do think you're right. If we go down, we look good in that first drive and we score. You're gonna see a lot more of the, you know, Tanny Ferguson, Akeem Judd, uh, Cunningham, those kind of players. <laughs> a lot more yeah. starters coming out. Well, they want to see those players at the same time. So that game is about those guys. 
And if I don't believe Kansas City is playing any starters, so we should have no problem going down the field and scoring on them. The fourth preseason game is meant for the bubble, the bubble spot roster guys that, you know, and in, in this case, it's going to be crazy because we're getting these cuts all at once. So I don't know how many decisions they've already made or how many they still have to make, but you got to believe that this game is going to mean a lot to a lot of guys. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point when you, these, all these guys are going to get cut at the same time. So it's going to be, you know, a madhouse to grab guys. So it's good to get these guys a little bit of extra time on tape that, you know, are, and we'll talk about it a little bit, but these guys that are on the bubble, we're not really sure about um, if they're going to make the team or not. They're, this is a huge game for them. So they're hoping too, that, you know, first team goes down and scores that way I can play, you know, almost all of four quarters get, you know, my name out there a little bit more. So um, a team definitely picks me up if I don't get a spot here. But that's really all we got for the cover and the Chicago Bears recap. We're going to take a quick commercial break when we come back. We'll be talking with Austin <laughs> Stanley of A to Z Sports. Time to pay the bills. Some quick ads and we'll get right back to the show. Hey Titans fans, you've probably heard us talk about the group page several times on this show, and I'm sure you're wondering what we're talking about. Tennessee Titans Uncensored is a Facebook group page that was built by Titans fans for Titans fans and was founded by our very own Matt Necrone. If you're a Titans fan that's looking to talk about the latest Titan news, then this is where you need to be. And you can help me shit talk to crackheads. Because nobody likes crackheads. That is Tennessee Titans Uncensored on Facebook. Tighten up. Listening to Two Tone Uncensored, brought to you by Podbean. What up, Two Tone Nation? It's your boy Morocco, aka Morakpo, and you listening to Two Tone Uncensored. Tighten up! All right, me and Matt are very excited to have a guest host with us, Austin Stanley of A to Z Sports. How you doing, Austin? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on today. Very Glad excited to have, you, to have man. you on, man. Um, I wanted to ask you before we jump into things here, Austin, wh- how did you become a part of A to Z Sports? How did that all come together? Yeah, so uh, long story short, it's been about a four- or five-year process. Uh, I started working at a local radio station in Nashville right out of college, uh, and I was a producer, and Zach Bingham, my co-host and uh, and a co-owner of A to Z Sports, um, uh, was in sales and he was there for a while. He wanted to be on air. I wanted to be on air. So we came together and started a show. We named it A to Z sports for Austin and Zach. Uh, we started on Saturday mornings as a podcast and then we worked our way up and, uh, we became a, um, a full-time weekday show from first middays. Then we were the morning drive show for about a year uh, then we left radio, I guess, in the summer of 2016 and started our own business, A to Z Sports, that it is now. And you guys see us streaming live on Facebook and, and Periscope every weekday. And uh, it's been awesome. It's been great being, our, being on our own. We have no rules. There's no boss man to go up the ladder to. We make our own decisions. 
uh, we keep all the money. So it's been fun. And uh, it's been uh, been very rewarding to go out at Titans training camp. And people have heard my voice for several years. But now people seeing my face the last year, I've had a lot of people come up and say, hey. Uh, so that's been pretty cool to get to know people. I feel more involved uh, with the Titans fan base now than I did back uh, on traditional radio, I guess. Yeah, you guys came out of nowhere, man. But I just remember one day you were there, and ever since, I just I kept watching. I, I, I love the show. Yeah, thanks. And, and we reached out of just the Nashville area, which is cool. We got people over in Scotland watching. We got people in Australia and Massachusetts and all over the place. That's pretty cool, too. Definitely, man. Yeah, that's definitely uh, definitely a good show. If you haven't seen it or you're not watching it, definitely check it out. But let's jump right into this, Austin. Uh, we're talking about, obviously, you know, this week coming up, we're going to have to cut down to the 53-man roster. So we've been talking about these cuts, who we think is going to make the team, who's not. So I want to ask you about a couple of these. You know, right now, obviously, uh, Henry and Murray going to be two guys that are definitely coming back. Last year, we kept three running backs um, and then one um, on the practice squad. This year, uh, probably going to keep around three again, unless you disagree with me. But is Fluellen the guy there? Is it like set in stone that's going to be the third guy? Yeah, I agree. I think so. I mean, Kalfani Mohammed was looking pretty good in the first two weeks of camp. And then I think it was a night practice, like a Monday night, uh, where he dropped like three punts in a row. And then the next day dropped a couple passes and had a couple – mental errors, and ever since then, he hasn't really done anything. So I think it's Fluellen for sure to lock that spot up. I think his game against uh, the Panthers did that for sure. I'm interested to see how they use him more as a non-running back in special teams, returning kicks, because I want to see what they think he can do more than just being the third running back, because that could tell us if he's going to stick around or if he's just going to be inactive on Sundays unless – there's an injury to Henry or Murray. Yeah, do you think he's fast enough to be our kick returner? All right, because everybody wants speed for your kick returner. I think it. I think decision making is more important because now the kick return in today's NFL isn't near as important as it used to be. So if you get a guy who makes the right choice on whether to take a knee or to run it out, I'm not too worried about you know trying to bust it long because. Most of the time, you're just going to you know, take a knee and start at the 25 and be fine with that. So you know, if he can help you there, I think that could affect Eric Weems' job possibly because Eric Weems isn't going to do as much for you on offense that, uh, as Fluellen. So I, I think that's kind of where that conversation starts. Yeah, and that's exactly what I'm hoping for. I'm strongly against keeping Weems on this team. I, I honestly think if he would be a waste of a spot if we were to keep him. Yeah, because he's not going to help you on offense. Uh, he's only had like double-digit catches like three times in his career this season. And so he's there for recovering kicks and returning kicks and to be a Dory Jackson's backup as a punt returner. And if Llewellyn can cover kicks, which we saw him do against uh, Carolina too, and return a kickoff, I think that opens up a spot for Flewellen, uh to take that job and weans his roster spot can be used elsewhere. Also, we're probably going to keep one of these other backs, um, which we have Kalfani Muhammad, Akeem Judd, and Brandon Radcliffe. Um, we're probably going to keep one on the practice squad. A lot of people would assume that's going to be Kalfani Muhammad. How much pressure do you think Akeem Judd is going to put on him for that spot? I think he's putting a lot on him. Yeah, he's gotten more carries in the preseason than uh, Kalfani. 
which is surprising. They really liked Calfani first off, and he was impressive. He flashed a lot of speed, a lot of quickness. But I think Akeem Judd has really been pretty surprising. And at Ole Miss, you never know what they're running there with that offense or the running back. But he's actually done pretty well with the transition. So I wouldn't be surprised if they keep Judd over Calfani. Yeah, I'm gonna. I think I agree with you there. But let's move on down the list. Let's talk about. We were just talking about Eric Williams. Let's talk about this wide receiver group. We know who the top of this group is going to be, um, with Matthews, Corey Davis, Decker, Taewon Taylor. You know that there you have your top four. If we keep six like we did last year, who's the other two guys that are making it? I think Sharp's in for sure. You can go ahead and pencil him in or uh, pin him in with E. Tajay Sharp's making this team. There's no way they're going to let him go uh, after catching 40 passes as a rookie last year i think it comes down to man guys i've been trying to cut harry douglas for like four months and he's just not getting (laughs) cut and and i like harry douglas he's one of he's one of the more fun guys to talk to in the locker room he's always uh talking smack on the sideline in practice but he's not going away and so i think harry douglas is going to make the team again it's it's fluellen going to take eric weems special team spot i like trey mcbride a lot he's always been really impressive and works really hard in training camp. I think he's got one more year on the practice squad eligible, so that's going to be the that's going to be the one to look for. And I'm, I still don't know because I don't know how they feel about Weems and I don't know about Douglas. I could see them keeping seven wide receivers and just keeping three tight ends, but then looking at the waiver wire to see who comes available to get a, pick up a fourth tight end. Ray McBride might make the team again and then get cut. Something like that that happened last year. I could see that. And honestly, Harry Douglas is like Malarkey's all about Harry Douglas. So I, I'm like you. I yeah. think in the in the beginning we were all like, yeah, Harry's done. But I mean, he's so reliable; it's ridiculous. And I think honestly, if Trey McBride wouldn't have dropped that huge catch in the end zone uh, last week, you know, that would have definitely helped his chances. But Seven receivers I never really considered, but the, the way you just described it, I actually could see that. And as long as it's not Eric Weems, I'm all about it. Yeah, and you got to think about this. Corey Davis, Eric Decker, Tajay Sharp, all either injured or just came off of injuries. Uh, I mean, you got to have Harry Douglas there. He's probably going to be inactive on game days if everybody's healthy. But you got to have somebody that you know can run the right route, can be in the right spot. He's a good blocker down the field in the run game. So... I think you just trust Harry Douglas more than you trust Weems or McBride uh, on offense. See, I'm, I'm going to go against a little bit. I think that Eric Weems is going to end up making the team just because we don't have uh, like a return guy. You don't want to put too much on Jackson's plate. You know, you have Jackson there, but you don't want to have him, uh, you know, doing everything, especially as a rookie. So I, I think that Weems is going to find his way on the t- – as much as I don't like it. I'm not a fan of this. I'm not, like, a Weems <laughs> supporter. I just – I think that he ends up yeah. on the team because of it. And that makes it hard. You know, yeah. I, if they keep seven, like, it's definitely, I think, Harry Douglas and Tajay. I want to keep Harry Douglas over Tajay. I just can't see it happening. I mean, Tajay is going to make the team for sure. I mean, it's good. Your top five that are locks right now are Corey Davis, Eric Decker, Rashard Matthews, Taewon Taylor, Tajay Sharp. Then, you know, you have the the threesome, McBride, Douglas, Weems. I could see them keeping Douglas and Weems at first and then maybe moving something if if somebody good comes off available from waivers. Uh, But if it's just six, that's where it gets really tough, and I could see them going Weems over Douglas. But I'm just really not sure. Because you've got to have somebody that can do something on special teams 
with the back end of your wide receivers, and Harry Douglas ain't doing that. That's, that's for sure. Absolutely. Let's move on down the list a little bit. Let's go to the linebackers. This is one that's, you know, obviously we know who our starting four at inside and outside linebacker. Our starting four is pretty much set in stone. But outside of that, it gets a little bit interesting. Who do you have staying on the team outside of those four? Oh, uh, let's see. I think Jayon Brown's an easy lock. The guy's been extremely impressive. I've, I, I touted Jayon Brown as this year's Tajay Sharp from preseason, and that's uh, become true. Uh, Eric Walden's making the team. Aaron Wallace, I think, is making the team, even though he's kind of banged up. Larky said he's not going to play against the Chiefs, uh, but he's got some talent for sure. Kevin Dodd, I think he's going to make it. I, I, I would be very surprised if he gets cut, but I don't believe in Kevin Dodd as being an outside linebacker, but he'll make it. And then I think that leaves one spot, and you got to figure out who that fourth inside linebacker is between Nate Palmer, Darren Bates, and Justin Staples. And I think they're going to go with Darren Bates because of special teams. He's fat. He's the fastest of those three, the most versatile of those three, uh, and they just signed him. He's a he's a J. Rob guy. And uh, Palmer Palmer came in for waivers last year from J. Rob, but Staples has been around for a little bit, so I could see him moving on. Uh, but I would say Bates has a nod right of, right about now over Palmer instead. And Josh uh, Caraway, I guess he. He's kind of an odd guy out with numbers, but he'll be a good practice squad guy. I was about to say, Josh Carraway is that other guy that I have uh, on a hopeful list. That I get the Darren Bates thing, and he does make sense as far as special teams goes. I just think Josh Carraway is good enough to make this team, whether he will or not. I'm not so sure. I think that roster spot, guys, with Carraway, comes down to what happens with Angelo Blackson. If Angelo Blackson gets cut, I think they'll keep Carraway. If Blackson stays, then Caraway is probably going to the practice squad. I think that's kind of how it comes down to. Moving on down to cornerbacks here. Uh, you have Logan Ryan, Adoree Jackson, Lasan Shems, Bryce McCain. If you agree, I think those four guys are safe. They're making the team. Outside of that list, who do you have at corner? I have Kalen Reed five, and that's kind of where I end it. I think five corners is pretty solid with this. Um, Hurst could be is probably the sixth guy, but I think there's a pretty solid drop off after Reed at five. Ty Smith has been fun to watch in training camp. He's hitting people hard, but I, I just and then you have Boykin who uh, I think he tweaked a hammy or a groin uh, the other day against the Bears. So I, I don't know if if he'll hang around, but those two guys and then Hurst have probably been the next crop, and I, I just see the Titans using. That raw, that sixth cornerback roster spot somewhere else. Maybe that's the Caraway, or maybe it's an extra safety or Blackson or something like that. I just don't see them keeping more than five corners. No, I agree. Except for I do have six, and it is Demontre Hurst. I just think he has yeah. got a lot of up, a lot of upside, and I definitely think we could use it. <laughs> you definitely need depth, and that's one, that's a place to watch on the waiver wire too. Is who comes available at corner? That's true. I went back and forth on that too, but I ended up keeping uh, Demontre Hurst. But it was tough. It's it's hard to exactly, you know, because you could keep Caraway there, you could keep Blacks, and you could keep. There's a lot, you know, a couple guys in different positions on that defense that you could keep there for depth. Uh, but I ended up keeping Hurst just because of the lack of faith I have in the the top end talent. Before we get ahead, I kind of want to go back because I know we're talking about uh, numbers at positions. Do you have Antoine Woods making this team? 
Yep, I sure do. Yeah, I have him as the what number is that? I'm trying to count here on the fly. I have him as the sixth defensive lineman. Okay, I do too. I was just curious. Yeah, same here. I have him as sixth defensive lineman, second nose tackle. But yeah, I think Woods makes the team. Uh, let's move on to safety real quick. Uh, Byard and Cyprian look like the the starters on here. Um, last year we kept five safeties. Do you think we keep five this year? And who do you have after the starters? I think you could keep five, and this is maybe where you keep a fifth safety instead of a sixth corner. Uh, Denoris Searcy is going to make it for sure. Uh, Trollick, I think, is going to make it because of special teams, and he actually looked pretty decent against the Bears in the second half. And then I think Curtis Riley is the guy that could be the next one because he's also played some corner, so he has some versatility. Uh, and he's been around for a while, knows what he's supposed to do. He's had a really good camp. I think he tweaked like a hamstring or something at practice a week or so ago, but he was looking pretty good before that uh, and, and really battling with Trollick for that fourth job. And I think Riley, as a special teams guy, could make the team, make the 53 uh, as the fifth safety. I also have Curtis Riley. I just think I have him above Trowick, but I just think because he's that J-Rob guy that they brought in to set the tempo on special teams that he's almost a lock in my opinion. But uh, I yeah, love I Curtis Riley. I, I'd like to see him stick around as well. This is where I'm going to disagree with you is I kept four uh, this time. Riley, the one not making it. Um, I could okay. see it the way you guys both saw it there. I mean, it's definitely a, a possibility, but – I mean, getting to the 53, there's one of those guys, like I was talking about earlier, um, you know, with Blacks and Caraway, and you put Hurst in that same category, that it's those guys are all going to be, you know, who who's the best, who's been making the most impact, who are you going to keep? And, you know, they're all on that edge. I would probably keep Curtis Riley over Palmer or Staples for special teams reasons. Well, here's the money question, Austin. Marcus Mario, uh, does he make his team? <laughs> I saw because I, saw on Facebook, I actually just tweeted this out. I saw on Facebook where somebody responded to the Titans uh, presser video of Mariota. They t- they're calling to bench Mariota yeah. and trade him away. Fucking idiots! <laughs> it's ridiculous. Some people, some people. Yeah, there's a lot of them these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a tough call to keep. You know, one of the most promising young quarterbacks in the league. It was it was a definitely a tough call. <laughs> Yeah, those people still exist out there somehow. All right, man. I know you're busy, but uh, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, if you ever want to get back on, definitely we're, you're more than welcome. Yeah, well, thanks, guys, for the ask. Uh, it was fun. And uh, I feel like this roster is pretty set. I feel like uh, we're on the same page and just waiting for this upcoming weekend to see what happens. Big thanks again to Austin Stanley for coming on with us. Me, Matt, and Glenn are all going to post our 53-man rosters the way we think it's going to shake out on our uh, website at ttupodcast.com. We'll post links to that on our Twitter at ttupodcast and on our Facebook, Two-Tone Uncensored. So definitely go check that out. We'll see how accurate we are with the 53-man roster next week. We will be uh, finalizing this 53-man roster, obviously, so we'll talk about that, what cuts we liked, what we didn't, all that next Wednesday. So definitely be on the lookout for that episode. Uh, But that's all we have for the show tonight. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Matt, for being here. Um, Glenn will be back next week. We just want to remind everybody, 
definitely, definitely go check out that GoFundMe. Uh, you know, try to help out this young family get their their feet back under them. So definitely check it out. Go share it. You know, it's it's all over Two Tone Uncensored. It's on um, Matt's Facebook. I know I shared it. I'm pretty sure Glenn shared it as well. It's on the Tennessee Titans Uncensored. We'll share it on Twitter as well. Um, and if you if you can't have don't have any money to to give, at least share the the post so it gets out to more and more people so we can help this family out. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Two-Tone Uncensored podcast. You can listen to the show at twotoneuncensored.podbean.com or by downloading the Podbean app on your mobile device. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Two-Tone Uncensored and like us on Facebook.